Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are made. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord.
When Moses had finished speaking, them, he put a veil on his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, they would take off the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites were to see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining. And Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went to speak. The word of
Israel from gazing at the end of at the end of the glory that was being set aside. But their minds were hardened indeed to this very day when they hear the reading of the old covenant, that such veil is still there, since only in Christ is it set aside. Indeed, to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their minds. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes the Lord, the Spirit. Therefore, it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry. We do not lose heart. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word. But by one statement of the truth, we command ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. The word of the Lord.
and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down to sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Two faces shimmering with light. Moses and Jesus appear to be lit from within to those who saw them. We are told their faces were so bright that the Israelites were terrified. So afraid that Moses covered his face when he was around them. In Luke's version, the disciples were almost asleep. So they didn't see enough to be afraid at first. Only when a cloud appeared and disoriented them did they become terrified. When one comes into direct contact with God, the Holy of Holies, in his great power and glory, a person's face can be changed. Seeing God face to face as Moses did, and Jesus apparently did through his mountaintop prayer, that experience is dazzling in ways we can barely imagine. The Old Testament writers tell us that it was only Moses. I like to think of Moses as God's best friend. It was only Moses who saw God face to face. So when Luke first told this story, his early listeners would have immediately made the connection between what he was telling about Jesus on the mountaintop with the story 
of Moses. The parallels are unmistakable, right? You've got a mountain. We have personal connection and personal encounter with God. Faces transfigured, witnesses who are frightened, words from God coming down as laws on tablets of stone, and as a voice from heaven. Luke even refers to Jesus' exodus. The English translation I just read says departure, but the Greek word is exodos, a word laden with the full story of freedom and salvation, a sort of shorthand for both of the stories, right? The Israelites being free from slavery in Egypt and all of us free from death through Christ's resurrection. That Easter promise that we celebrate here each Sunday and anticipate every year at the end of Lent. So these two stories are dramatic and really important. And paired together, they are to remind us that we live in one big unfolding story. Contrary to what St. Paul says, but that's a different sermon. The stories are familiar to many of us as we read them each year and we remember, as we recount them, and as we preach on Transfiguration Sunday every year. It's this last Sunday of Epiphany, before we join Jesus as he turns his face toward Jerusalem. That Lenten walk, which begins on Wednesday, this Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, please join in as we will assemble as the people of God to get ready for that journey. Today, though, I want to focus on a different aspect of God's face. While we have these two accounts of God's face shining through Moses and Jesus, and even the prophet Elijah makes an appearance, I have to admit that for me and for many of us in these past few weeks and months, it feels as though God's face is hidden. Not hidden simply behind a veil to shield us from the brightness, but deeply hidden. Perhaps, perhaps even turned away. A terrifying thought that God may have turned away from us. When unspeakable tragedy comes, untimely death, cruel death, Loss of innocence, disappointment in our leadership, suicide. I wonder, where is God? Has God forgotten his promise of love and life, mercy and hope for us? 
when mental illness overtakes us, when life seems to bring only isolation and despair, I hide my face. Weeping into the dark pillow or the small chapel of my hand. It's dark in there. Perhaps you know what it looks like inside that chapel. When the white robed doctor announces news of debilitating illness, prognoses of despair, we see darkness, not light. The faces of those we love, frozen by the ravages of Parkinson's disease or dementia, their faces slipping away even as the rest of the body lingers. That's where my father is now. And I am in deep and devastating grief. I need you to know that as this grief weighs heavy on me, even in the midst of our life together here. And I'm very aware that I'm not always able to smile or engage as much as some of you want or reasonably expect. But please know that in this season, I am in grief with you. That's how a faith community works. We are never alone. We walk together in our joys and in our sorrows. So you should know, not because I want you to do anything about it or even bring it up, but you should know that I hide my face, weeping into the dark pillow at night and into that small chapel of my hands. It's dark in there for my dad, and it's dark in there for those you love who are inching toward death or struggling with disease or despair. And it's dark in there for all of us who are powerless to pull them back. Perhaps you know that place too. We know that faithful people have cried out to God since the very beginning. We know that primarily in the Psalms. How long, O oh Lord, how long? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I have perplexity in my mind and grief in my heart? Day after day after day. Some of 
those words in our own form of prayer. And some of us are so deeply grieving and so perplexed by the tragic losses in our community and in our surrounding community over the last several months that it's too recent to even begin to have the thought, how long, oh Lord, how long? How long shall that enemy triumph over me? The psalmist cries out, and she says, Look upon me and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes. I put my trust in your mercy. But how long? How long? Look upon me. Look upon us. Show us your face. Turn your face towards us. And he does. speak, 
in awe and wonder as they headed back down the mountain to walk with Jesus toward his death on a cross. May we walk together with each other, with him. He turns his face toward Jerusalem and takes our hands, inviting us to lift our tear-stained faces and with awe and wonder, silence and more tears, point our weary feet there too. For he promises that this is the way, the way to resurrection, to Easter, weeping and walking together. Let us say together the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten.
multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen.
like to invite all of our wardens and vestry members who are here in attendance to come up uh, so that we can commission them for the year of 2019 service. Please come up. You all have a part in this, it's in your, it's in your, uh, So as your rector, I present to you these persons to be admitted and renewed in their ministries as wardens and members of the vestry in this congregation. The Lord is wisdom, of his mouth and to let you know that yesterday in Carlisle in the afternoon, 
June was the memorial service for the nine-year-old William Shaw, the young man who died in a skiing accident a week or so ago in Montana. And I know some of our families here have children in that same elementary school where William, um, where William attended, and some of our folks were at the funeral. If parents or children, if anybody wants to come and talk with me and Maureen, you know, in the wake of that whole experience, we would be happy to do that. Death is always difficult, but it's particularly challenging when we have to talk about it with our children who are directly affected. So please know that our doors are open for that. On this Saturday, the 9th at 11 o'clock, we will celebrate the life of Miles Coleman. And if you know Ann and John, so please keep them in your prayers and um, as we meet together for that very tragic loss. And then on Saturday, March 16th at 11 o'clock, uh, Maureen will be doing a funeral for Vanessa Brown, who is not a Trinity parishioner, but she was a teacher in this community and probably known by some of you and certainly by many people in the Concord area. So we're expecting a lot of folks to come to that. The reason, she's a, she's a friend of some, some of you here in the congregation, but the primary reason that we're holding the funeral here and that we offer that hospitality is that uh, Trinity Church exists for this entire community, and we can offer those kinds of services for people and comfort and hospitality when, when called upon. So that's one of our ways of doing outreach and evangelism in the world, evangelism in the most loving sense of the word, right? creating space and hospitality with our beautiful liturgy and the rights that we have in our book, and offering that to people who are grieving in our community. So I encourage you to pay attention to, to uh, more information about those things and to attend if you can. Uh, Behold now, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, you that stand by night in the house of the Lord, Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. From Psalm 134, that's the anthem for the Evensong service this evening. Uh, as a prelude recital, our ensemble in residence will give us a half an hour of music for recorder and, um, and voice. And then at approximately 5.30, the choir begins the service of choral Evensong. Settings by uh, David Hurd, Herbert Howells, Philip Radcliffe, and an anthem by Everett Tignone, Boston composer and musician at Church of St. John the Evangelist. So that's all starting at 5 o'clock this evening. Hope you can join us. Lent begins this week. And uh, it is our 40-day opportunity to deepen our faith and our rootedness in one another as community. So this week, as Nancy mentioned, um, Ash Wednesday services here on Wednesday, 7 a.m., noon, 7 p.m. So service of Holy Eucharist with the imposition of ashes. And if there are uh, folks who are homebound, who would like to have that ritual of the imposition of ashes, please let Nancy or me know, and we'll go and see them at home and bring the ashes there. But before uh, Ash Wednesday, we 
are going to have the pancake supper, our version of Mardi Gras, here uh, in the in the parish hall. I believe the scarves are doing their usual um, cooking from scratch, so uh, there's going to be really good food, really good friendship and fellowship. So Tuesday evening, 6 p.m., children, all ages are welcome for this um, pancake supper fellowship. Good morning, I'm Martha Stone, and I just want to call your attention to this very excellent course catalog uh, for the Lenten series of Mind, Body, and Spirit. I want to point out, too, that there are very capable, talented, educated women leading these various programs, but this is for dudes, too. So, Charlie, Spencer, Jay, Bob Krumi, Rod, to name just a few of you, welcome to any of these. Pilates classes are in that transept basement and that transept basement classroom. The spirit mind are going to be in the chapel for our normal Wednesday prayer services, and there's a wonderful uh, lunch and learn that Maureen will be running for the six weeks. I'll be in coffee hour after this, and I can help register anyone who wants to do body classes. Thanks very much. Good morning. I'm Sylvia Moore, your treasurer. On behalf of Vestry, I want to invite you to the forum next Sunday at 9 a.m., where the topic will be Trinity's 2019 budget approved by Vestry. We can look at it together. You can share your thoughts. You can generally discuss what it reflects about where we are. If we have time, we can start what will be a longer-term conversation about where we want to go and ways we might get there. If you can't come to the forum, or if you can, you can also contact me or any member of the vestry to talk about the budget. It's very valuable to have your thoughts about the subject that's so important to all of us. Today, in the back of the church, we have copies of the budget for those who do not get it at the annual meeting. So go ahead and take one. And we will also have them at the forum, which is next Sunday at 9 a.m. We hope to see you there. Thank you. Good morning. Um, also, on behalf of the vestry, I want to thank all 120 of you who responded to our mutual ministry survey. The vestry spent much of yesterday discussing and reflecting on your responses. We hope to share those reflections with all of you at a forum on March 24th at 9 a.m. So please come and continue this conversation with us on March 24th at 9 a.m. To say what we all um, know and hopefully have heard already, all are welcome here. And if you are visiting this Sunday or new to the parish, we extend an especially warm welcome and want to know that you are, want you to know that all are welcome to come forward for Holy Communion because um, this is the Lord's table and the invitation is extended to you. During Communion there will be prayer over any 
someone would like to have some uh, extra prayers and companionship in prayer and laying on of hands, you're welcome to just come over and meet with the prayer leaders who will be there and uh, tell them what your prayer need is and they will join you in that, in that prayer. Um, <coughs> walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God.
thanks for the generosity and care that has moved people to greatness, and we ask that it serve to nourish the bodies and souls of those to whom it goes. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, because in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have caused new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, we praise you joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name.
presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country where, with all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters, through Jesus Christ our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Alleluia. Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ lived and died and rose again for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Together let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. congregation, I send you forth bearing these holy gifts, that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. We who are many are one body, because we all share